Plot twists. We are obsessed with them. In film, life and love, they turn up everywhere. It's that moment in a story that takes you in an unexpected direction. I'm Tom, super fan of cinema, sport, comedy, and I'm part of the odd impression. And throughout this series, brought to you by Now and Sky, I'll be interviewing TV and film stars, asking them all about the plot twist moments that define their lives and careers. So expect the unexpected, and hopefully some behind-the-scenes gems you've never heard before. Expect spoilers. I don't know about you, but have you got that one friend that can just seemingly turn the hand to anything and be irritatingly good at it? Well, my guest this week, Ashley Penson, would be that friend. She's an actress, she's a singer, a dancer, a businesswoman, and a social media sensation. The world probably knows her best for Pretty Little Liars, the American teen mystery thriller, an enormous series which arrived in 2010 and lasted for seven years. And at the time, it probably gripped audiences in the same way as Euphoria has done recently. And its fan base is still very much connected with the show and its stars and Ashley having 24 million followers on Instagram is testament to its legacy. Since then, Ashley has done a whole host of projects and she has a new series out called Wilderness. It's a series that is dark, it's gritty and based on a complicated love triangle it doesn't start that way. We see a couple who abandon their UK life for an opportunity in New York, but it isn't all sunshine and rainbows. And that relationship is very quickly put to the test. And what follows appears to be a crime scene. I'm not going to say much else. I'm going to leave it at that. And I should also add that at the time we did the interview, this was before the actor's strike. Now, one of the things I was intrigued to ask Ashley about is what motivates her? Why does she pick the roles that she does? She's had a very interesting life, often with a lot of public and paparazzi interest in her own relationships. So it'll be interesting to parallel real life and how that perhaps influences the roles that she takes on. She seemingly has it all and has been performing for over 30 years as she effectively started performance at the age of three. So it'd be genuinely fascinating to get that take. So let's hear from the star herself. Here is Ashley Benson on Plot Twist. Ashley Benson. Hello. I'm, I'm thrilled. Thank they said you. you were going to come on. I was over the moon and I was like, give us a Zoom link. And then here you are in person. You've come to our studio. It's yeah. amazing. Thank, Thank you so much. You. I'm fascinated to talk to you because we're a similar sort of age, but I feel like you've done so much in your life so far, starting at such a young age. Mm -hmm. And I guess a lot of people probably focus on Pretty Little Liars and mm -hmm. talk about such an enormous show and the fan following that's come from that. But I was interested in the story before that as well. Yeah. Like how you kind of this exposure to show business and professional dancing at a young age. And it's phenomenal. Yeah, it kind of, I mean, going into the industry was not anything I ever thought of. I mean, I loved, you know, when I was little, I would memorize or watch every movie with the captions on. And so I would be able to memorize it and then also just act it out while I was watching when I was little. So no one wanted to watch movies with me because I was annoying. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I started dancing around three and I was in competitive dance up until 12 I think and then I sang and did you know the whole thing I got into modeling and then I got a commercial I think my first commercial I think I was a background in a Disneyland commercial so for me it was like I got to go to Disneyland all day go on the rides a million times I loved it and then 
yeah, just kind of slowly moved into doing more commercials, liking it, and then got into TV. But my dad was very against it because he didn't understand the industry at all. And so there's no influence in your family or friends no. to relate to it. Yeah. That's quite unusual, I'd have thought. Probably. Yeah. I just, I knew that I wanted to quit dancing just because I loved being behind the camera. And it's funny because I'm very shy. So when I have to do interviews or anything or talk shows, I'm like the most nervous ever because it's me. But for some reason, if I'm behind a camera and I'm playing a character, it doesn't phase me at all. Would you be nervous for this, for example? No, this feels very relaxed. intimate and relaxed. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. But other times... Oh, I'm pleased. You know, like, or <laughs> even, you know, when you're doing press or something and you have to... I don't know. I'm just always afraid to say the wrong thing, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And especially, especially with like live talk shows, oh, I'm like... Gosh. And I think the audience, like, I don't like attention at all. Like, I don't like when people sing me happy birthday. Like, I don't like anything that draws attention. So, obviously, that's part of the job and you have to do it. But I always get very nervous. Do you think doing those those jobs, the commercials, the dancing, it installed, like, a work ethic in you? Because for me, reading through all the things that you've done in your career, I was like, what hasn't she done? But... <laughs> That seemed like you, you, you are a grafter. You like to, like, you know, the, that sort of work ethic is installed in you. Yeah, I've always, I mean, yeah, at a young age, I guess, it really came into play when I got on a soap opera when I was young. And I didn't really know how they filmed that. I just thought it was like every other, you know, I'd only done like really guest spots at that time mm -hmm. on shows. And so when I got on the soap opera my first day, I assumed you would have multiple takes and like, you know, Everyone gets their coverage time, but they have four cameras at all times, and you get maybe two takes. And I also didn't know that you do three episodes or more a day. So my first day on set, I had 80 pages of dialogue. Oh, my God. And so that helped me have a very quick memory. But, like, I was... I had no idea what was going on. I was like, wait, what? We don't get more takes? And they're like, no. Da, da, da. And then that helped me have a really good work ethic, though, at a young age. Absolutely. To always be, like, prepared, know my lines, and also just help me memorize. That terrifies me. 80 pages of I was, script yeah. to try and memorize and it's in so quick normal. succession, right? Yeah, it's so normal for them, too, because you think about it, most soap actors either go on or they, they just do soaps their whole lives. Mm. And so for them, it's literally a breeze. And they it did score. become right. that for me. But, yeah, that's pretty crazy because usually you shoot like 10 pages a day and that's a lot. So that's going intense. on that was... Um, you did that for three years, right? Yeah. It was a very wow. good learning experience. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, a good prep for Pretty Little Liars, I guess. Yeah. Right? And a good... I mean, I was always crying on that show. So it was like, <laughs> like, what can I think about now that's going to make me cry? But then I eventually learned, obviously, just like be in the scene. But... When I was younger, I was like, oh, I only have one take to actually, like, cry. Yeah, so. that's intense. Yeah. Good part of the education, though, right? Yeah. Right. I've got some, a few random questions. Okay. Just like, it's this little segment. I thought we get to know each other a little bit, have a yeah. little bit of fun with it. Some of it is really nice and serious. Some of it is a little bit silly. Okay. It's just me in a nutshell. <laughs> um, I saw an interview years and years ago. It must have been, it must have been 2009. It was a quick fire Q&A that you did. And apparently you can talk with your mouth closed. Yes. Can you still do that? Yes. Would you be happy to try? Sure. I haven't done it in a while. I only say this one thing because that's how I learned. I learned on the set of The West Wing, one of the girls that um, was playing what a, show? a friend. I think I was girl number one. Or no, I was girl number two. She was girl number one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we were bored on set and she did it. And I was like, I need to know how to do that. 
So this was the phrase she told me to say. But you know what's so funny? I forget who I just saw. There was a singer who I just saw on some talk show, and I forget who it was, but she could sing with her mouth closed. Oh, okay. That's next level. And I want to remember who it was, but I was like, I need to up my skill. (laughs) That was very impressive, though. That was very, very good. Yeah. You're a Harry Potter fan? Is that right? I, okay. I, I love watching the movies, but I'm not a diehard fan, but oh, like okay. I put it on to We're sleep. Insane, then. Oh, really? Yeah. Like my boyfriend and I just watched all of the movies because we were traveling so much and I just, Harry Potter just makes me happy, but I'm not a diehard fan, but I'm very entertained. I just, usually watch the first one over and over and over again. Is that the favorite? Yeah, for me. But I did go to the, um, I went to the midnight showing of the very last one, which was fun. Everyone dressed up and... But I did it mostly because my my friends were avid fans of Harry Potter. Nice. But I do like, I like the movie. Yeah. I've got something more sentimental. Your niece, Hazel, is it? <gasps> she looks so adorable. Yeah. But I was wondering, what advice would you give her based on your experiences? If you, if, you know, a few years' time, if she was thinking about uh, a career, whatever that might be, mm-hmm. from your experiences in your in your career, in your life, what, what sort of key bits of advice would you give her if she came to you um oh, i love her i think it's so funny because <laughs> i tell my so sister sweet. she's a little angel but she has the biggest personality and so she reminds me very much of myself just like things she does and you know now she's talking more um so i'm like i want to put her in you know film and my sister's like no <laughs> I'm like come on um but whatever she does i think just stay true to herself and the second she stops loving whatever it is she's doing there's no reason to really stress and you know have anxiety about it because for acting like I love acting I want to do it for the rest of my life but until it stops being fun and entertaining it becomes more of like a chore it's not making me you know happy it's better to just end it rather than try to you know force it yeah yeah because then it's just not fun like anything that's, you know, that you're not enjoying, why would you do it? I think knowing the time to, because I think usually you do know, don't you? Whatever you might be doing in your life, knowing to put the sort of stamp on it and move to the next phase. Yeah. That's that's always, it's a difficult thing to do, but if you can. And you know, I mean, you know, I've had that with different circumstances in my life, but I've always been very sure before I'm ready to, you know, leave it behind. But yeah. I was speaking to a colleague of mine, big fan of yours. Mm. And she wanted to know what was your sort of dream dinner guest. Because you've got some you've got some friends that have a bit of profile. Yeah. You've met a lot of people from your line of work. Mm-hmm. But who would be in that dream? If you had three or four people. Oh, my God. Um, they can be dead or alive. Okay. Who, who are we going with here? Cause... Lucille Ball. Oh, what a start. Um, I Love Lucy is one of my favorite shows ever. I would always be sick. Because I didn't like school. And I would just watch that all day. Um, I think she's fantastic and I love that show. Lucille Ball, what a trailblazer she was. I know. Like saying the way, really. And everything about her. I thought she was so funny. Her timing, the comedy, like her facial expressions. She was just so intriguing to me. So she's definitely one. Um, Chet Baker would be the second. I'm a big jazz fan and that's usually all I listen to and then the third Billie Holiday 
Nice. Another jazz person. That would be fun. It's just my interest. I'm like, you know, I've always said if I wasn't here, I felt like my past life, I was born in Paris in like the 20s and I was like, I don't know, a jazz singer or something. I'm like, I want to write a movie about that and play it so I can, you know, technically live it. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Let me ask you first plot twist question then. Okay. So the podcast is all about plot twists and we see them in TV and film. It can often, a single moment can change a story and a narrative. What for you would be the ultimate plot twist that you've had so far? I mean, I guess, you know, before Pretty Little Liars, I'd done TV and I had just gotten this show called Eastwick and I was super excited for it. And we'd only filmed the first season and then the first three episodes came out and we had gotten canceled. And we were just devastated because we loved working on the show and... I called my agent crying, being like, I can't believe that, you know, this is over. Like, I was, we were filming on the Warner Brothers lot, and it was just, like, kind of a dream for me to be on. And that day, I got the call to audition for PLL, and then within, I think I tested within, like, three days, and literally within a week and a half, I was in Vancouver filming. So that changed everything. And I didn't really know what to expect with PLL. I knew it was a really big book series and a lot of people liked it but you just never know if something's going to work and so it was definitely shocking that it became as big as it was and still is you know it's funny oh my gosh it it's crazy because i get like 10 year olds 11 year olds now who are like i love you and like it's been i think six years since the last yeah six or seven years since you know we last filmed and so that's really nice because now with streaming platforms and all of that, it's nice that people can still never goes away, right? Enjoy, mm. you know. Like I would always compare it to like the OC. I loved the OC. I loved watching it, and people still want to rewatch it. I watch it sometimes, but it's nice that people still want to either restart the series or they're able to enjoy it for the first time now with all the. That story kind of sounds like a breakup. Yeah, I know. A really tragic breakup, but then suddenly you met somebody really quickly. It's yeah. like, oh, this is a nice distraction. This is great. And it yeah. turns out to be the, actually the real thing. Yeah. And then it became just such like a big, I mean, I I got that show at 19 and I ended at 26. So just a long time to. It's like your college years, isn't it? Basically, yeah. yeah. Did you have any idea? Because, I mean, it is just enormous. And I guess even like you're following on social media and, and your co-stars as well. I guess that is because of that audience just wanting to stay invested in the show and in you. And mm-hmm. Could you have envisaged it getting so big? I definitely thought that it was going to be successful, but I didn't understand in what capacity that would be and how big it was all over the world. You know what I mean? Like, I just didn't comprehend that. And so, yeah, I mean, me and the girls, we were all just kind of shocked and so grateful and and happy and you know if it wasn't for the fans um we wouldn't be here so until this day they still you know avid fans of the show and they've followed us after the show so it's been really nice to have their support and to be a part of something that was such a crazy time and also like i think pll was when all the social media was kind of happening. Like just Twitter. starting, yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of a new era yeah. for everyone. And Instagram so, had just launched, I think. Yeah. yeah, so it was kind of like that area where it was like there's all these you know, social media platforms and this and that. And then, you know, I think it was like our show and then Glee were like the two big yeah. things in like oh 2009 gosh. that like really blew yeah. up. And um, it was really fun to be a part of. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I rewatched the pilot. 
Really? I did. Yeah, I did. And what's funny is you now have the sunglasses business. Yeah. The Privé Rivera. Am I yeah. saying that right? Yeah. Um, and in the pilot episode, Steal. you get arrested for stealing yeah. sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like a nice, I don't know if that's a full circle moment, but it felt, it's I don't funny. know, I thought it was quite funny. That's really funny. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, there were so many episodes that we filmed. And there's times where people come come to me and tell me stories about like, you know, what happened when this person, I'm like, wait, who? Like, I forget everybody's names yeah. on the show because, A, we had so many different, like, A's, so many people who were killed off, then not dead. It was very, like, soap opera, you know? But, um, yeah, it's funny to kind of hear stories because I didn't watch all the episodes because we were busy filming all of them so much. And then I, the last thing I want to do is, like, see me and then I would just critique myself and be like, ew. Yeah, how do you feel about watching? Because I've spoken to a lot of people on this show and they don't like watching things back. I'll overanalyze everything. Oh, me too. But for certain things, I'll watch, you know, the first couple of minutes and then I'll just, hopefully, the feedback that everyone's giving me is like, you know, honest. But yeah, it, it I think it kind of depends on the project too. Like with Spring Breakers, I remember going to watch it for the first time with Harmony and it was, and that was something I really did want to watch because it was just, you know, an amazing experience. I was such a, a huge fan of Harmony's work, and obviously it was very different from what I've done before, and just a little bit more out there. I remember watching it with Harmony in a very small room on a tiny screen, so I couldn't really get the full experience. But it was so. Like, it was so cool to watch. And then we ended up playing basketball <laughs> after just to, like, talk about it. And then I think when I really saw it was when we went to um, the Venice Film Festival and we got to see it. That's a good way to say it. Yeah, at oh, the yeah. premiere and just seeing the response that everybody gave. And um, it was just a really cool That's moment. a good pat on the back. Yeah, yeah it was. Nice. A, it was. that was very surreal. That was very yeah, cool. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. We'll come back to some of those moments because I'd be intrigued to know more. But we've got a new show, Wilderness. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I watched the first two episodes, yeah. which I think are the main two episodes that you're in, right? Because then it kind of takes on a different... I, I'm getting the impression from what I've seen. It goes in a different direction after those two episodes. Because they can trick you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you never know um, what's going to happen. But we see this British couple mm-hmm. move to New York. Um, he's a high flyer, got a great career, and she's happy to sort of give up her own career and follow him and mm-hmm. take on other passion projects. But then he might be messing around and, you know, exploring other... Uh, Ladies in New York. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that a fair way of looking at it? Fair, yeah. And then they go on this retreat to try and work on their marriage, but then bump into to you and your partner. But it just so happens, you is it is it Cara that you're playing? Cara, yeah. Is uh, the one that he might be having the affair with. It's quite a surreal sort of setup. Yeah. The story is very dark and twisted, and they did a very good job at putting what was written in the book to series. It's a roller coaster. There's always the best cliffhangers at every episode, and you think you know what's going to happen, and then it can completely change. So it's very surprising and just a dark, twisted love story gone wrong, basically. So you, you kind of can relate to it because if you've been in those situations in quite intense relationships. Well, you know what's it, funny? I was reading the script. I remember I was filming a movie in Atlanta, and I had a Zoom with Marnie and so so's the director and then Marnie and Liz are the producers and at the time I was going through just a bad relationship and the things I was reading on the page 
I completely experienced and was in that time. And so I completely understood every side to all the characters involved in the show. And, um, yeah, I just kept kind of telling them little bits and pieces of what I was going through. And I just really related to the story. And um, I really wanted to be a part of it. But, yeah. Do you think those personal experiences made you buy into it, essentially? That's why you said yes to it. Well, well, that's the thing. Marnie Dickens, she wrote the series. And the way that she put it into words, it's... Everybody can relate. I'm sure everyone has been through some sort of thing like that. But it was just so, it was very raw and real. And she didn't kind of go over anything. And it was very, you know, some of the situations were exactly kind of how I was in a relationship. So. Interesting. Okay. What would you do? So Liv, Jenna Coleman, mm-hmm. she's the one that gets cheated on. Mm-hmm. And then she thinks... I mean, I say she thinks about working on the marriage. Clearly, there's other motives, perhaps, from going on this trip and mm-hmm. lots of different thoughts probably going on in her head. And it's captured really well, actually, in terms yeah. of that chaos. Yeah. Um, what, what would you do? How, how would you sort of respond to that? Because for me, I feel like any form of cheating, I'm off. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. But some people will think, actually, there is something worth working on here. So usually if someone cheats, I'm out. But I have been in situations where I was just so manipulated and couldn't really get out of the situation and thought, it's fine, like it's going to change. And it kept happening. But I think that was important for me because, you know, I wanted to break that pattern. And I think if I just left, which I have, (laughs) I've been cheating on all the time. Not saying that. But in that situation, I just kept thinking, oh, it's going to change. It's going to change. But if I was married, absolutely not. Like, get out the door. Mm -hmm. I'd throw your things out the window. Yeah, because you've got so much commitment to each other to lead up to that point. And also it's like, you know, once Once, someone tells a lie or there's cheating involved, it's never going to stop. So, yeah, I would say get the fuck out. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Episode two at the end, there's a bit of a cliffhanger moment. Yeah. yeah. I kind of watched it. I was like, I need to talk to somebody. And then we got this moment here, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, love is toxic. It's, and that's it, why. Yeah, it makes like normal people do crazy things. I, I know. Yeah. And, you know, it's, that's why the show's entertaining. And that's why I was so drawn to it because it is so toxic. Mm. And you're just like, how? Like, how does this happen? And the certain scenarios and like, I don't know. People are people are messed up. People are messed up. It's very <laughs> true. It's very true. I was going to ask you, I'm really intrigued because as I was sort of saying at the beginning, you've done so much. You, you know, you're a singer, you're a dancer, you've done a huge series, you do films, you've got the entrepreneur side of things. What is it that draws you into these projects? Because you must be inundated with different options. You could do anything, really. You're in that position, which is such a luxury. But what is it for you that can make you think, I need to do this? What gives you that sort of that burning passion still? With shows and with TV and film, I think now just because I was on a show for so long and I've done TV my whole life, I wanted to kind of steer away from that. But again, you know, with something like this, I I just fell in love with the writing. I loved the entire storyline. I liked my character and I was very invested. And I also really connected with So, the director, and Marnie and Liz, the producers. And I actually loved that it was all driven by females, which was really nice. But yeah, I think 
as long as I'm challenged and I get to work with, you know, an amazing writer, director, or an incredible actor, I just, I never want to go on set and feel like I can do it with my eyes closed because that's just not fun for me. So I tend to be very picky with what I choose. And that also means, you know, you have a lot more time off. But again, I don't just want to do everything because then you can kind of get lost and you're just kind of wasting your time on things that aren't going to really get the response that you want. So, yeah, I think just based off of if I'm completely enthralled with the message that, you know, the film or the show is saying or the writing and just the character in general just being kind of challenging in a way. I love that. I love yeah. that you still want to challenge yourself. Yeah. Because I feel like if you're not putting yourself in those situations to challenge yourself or be courageous, yeah. you're probably not going to grow still. And I feel like for me, being uncomfortable on set is the best thing to have mm. because in those moments, you know, also just like a little thing, like I never really memorize my lines before I, before I go. I'll get the scene, you know, I, I'll know what we're going to be filming, but I really like to just kind of, again, with my memory from the soap opera, I'm able to memorize really quickly. But I really like it to be as natural and unrehearsed as possible because... It's more authentic, right? Yeah, and there could be things that, like, even if I'm, like, walking or picking something up or I, I say something, if the writers are fine with it, they can keep it. But, like, just being more in the moment rather than feeling very rehearsed is important to me. Yeah. I think years ago you said about that sort of desire to win an Oscar... And then you practiced your Oscar speech. <laughs> when I was little. When you were little. No, yeah. But I do mean, you still have do you still harbor those sort of ambitions? Cause Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's it's an amazing honor to be able to get that. I mean, that's it's a huge. recognition, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's like it's you know, it's the best thing ever. Who knows if that'll ever happen? And if it does, I'd be shocked and very grateful. But um yeah, I definitely wanna just make smart choices in my career and not overdo it and overexpose myself and just make sure that my path is kind of aligned with how I want to be seen. You know, I think entering my 30s and becoming more of more seen as an adult versus, you know, a teen on a teen show. Mm. I'm being very careful about what I do choose. And um, yeah, I mean, that would be like the biggest honor ever. But be pretty awesome. who knows? <laughs> how do you feel about your 30s? Because I, I was approaching it thinking, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but actually, I really like it. I really enjoy it for some reason. Yeah, I think when I turned, well, it's funny because when I turned 30, I was like, this is going to be the best year of my life, 30s. Then the pandemic hit oh and God. the world was shut down. So I was like, no. It's such a blur as well. It. I mean, I'm like, what happened? What's, what's going on? What's it's crazy. Yeah. But um, funny enough, 30 is my favorite number. And I'm now 33. And this actually has been the best year of my life. So, I love that. Yeah. So the 30s are going really well. What do you think it is that's making it so good? I'm just genuinely very happy. Just in a really good space. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's really nice. Um, I've got another plot twist question for you. Okay. Plot twist person, a sort of surprise entity that you perhaps wouldn't have foreseen as an influence. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone, I mean, there's, oh my goodness, there's probably quite a few, but is there anyone that comes to mind as a sort of, yeah, a kind of plot twist person in your life? Honestly, I feel like all of my friends who are in the same industry as me are my mentors and... I get a lot of advice from them and vice versa. I think it's really nice that I'm, I mean, I have two friends that I've known since we were kids and um, they're still, 
acting and doing all that. And it's really nice to be able to call them and be like, hey, what do you think about this? Or, you know, my friend was writing a script and she was like, can you come over and just help me out and get get your feedback? And it's nice to have that support in the industry because sometimes people get jealous or, you know, they're competitive. And I'm very lucky that I have four, like, strong core friends of mine that are very supportive and we all support each other and it's just nice and to be able to talk about it because it's like nobody wants to hear you talk about your job all day long but in certain instances it's really nice to have have you had any sort of um people that you've admired or icons that you perhaps you know earlier on in your career that perhaps you've met later on they've been able to give you advice or just because that must be quite a surreal sort of moment well the thing with me is I'm, like, the most shy person. Like, I could literally be doing a film for two months with, you know, the biggest actors, and they'll know me, and then I'll see them maybe a couple months later, and they'll be like, go say hi. I'm like, no, no. It's like, why? I'm like, because I don't want to look dumb. They're like, they, you just worked <laughs> with the person. I'm always just, like, very shy when it comes to that. Like, a funny, a funny story. I was going to the Knicks game with my friend Sarah and we were going into the elevator and Jimmy Fallon was coming in and I I'd been on Jimmy's show twice and you know but again he has so many guests on his show every day and he wouldn't you know you're Ashley Benson he's gonna gonna know who you are but like so I was in the (laughs) elevator and he came in and it was just me Sarah Jimmy and then his friend and the elevator's big and so I'm just in the corner minding my own business and he literally keeps scooting back and, like, pushing me into the elevator wall. And I was like, what? Like, I was so confused. I kept looking at Sarah. I was like, uh, it, it, am I crazy? Or, like, what's going on? And he was like, dude, you didn't think I would know who you were? Hi, Ashley. <laughs> and I was like, hi. Like, I just don't expect people to, like, know just because I'm just so shy. And also, I don't want to bother. Like, I don't ever go up yeah, to you've people. You've been on the show twice. It's not as if you had, like, a two-minute sort of little like, segment. It, that's just my own thing that I'm just like, okay. You know, I don't know. I'm just shy. That's quite adorable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me about um, like looking at other projects. What's the what would be the sort of the dream role? I've always been a very big fan of Darren Aronofsky. I love his films as well as like Tarantino. Doing something with them would be like the ultimate. Well, apparently Tarantino's doing his is his last films coming up. I just up. heard that, and I was just like, come on. You can fit in a couple more. (laughs) I always feel like people, but again, it's like if he's really, you know, just kind of done, he's done incredible work and like it's his time to just kind of enjoy life. True, true. But, um, yeah, totally contradicting myself to what I said earlier. I'm like, don't say that. I'm kidding. (laughs) No, but like, yeah, that that sucks. But I don't know, working with either of them or, you know, anyone, but yeah, just doing an amazing film with. A good director, Scorsese, would be mm. an incredible person to work with just because he's been doing it forever and he's still doing he's still it. still doing and it and doing it great. I admire him so much and he's just so intelligent and smart and, like, to be able to sit down with him and, like, ask him about how he's gone about directing, doing all that and, I don't know, being one of the greats. I find the creativity find that really fascinating, how they, how they can process a scene and often they have to be the smartest person in the room, don't they, in terms of absorbing information and yeah. presenting that. I find that so... It's almost like it's, it's a form of art, isn't it? Yeah, it really... it's interesting. I actually was just watching something on him. It just popped up on YouTube, but he was taking everyone back, like how he directs 
I think it was he was doing Wolf of Wall Street, but it was just the behind the scenes of, you know, his process mm. and how he works with actors. And also, I'm like the biggest fan of Succession, my favorite show ever. What a show. I've watched the finale like six times since I've been in London. That show is like, I mean, that would be like a dream show for me. I think the writing is amazing. The acting is absolutely incredible. Um, I just, I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with the show. And so my favorite thing to do every time I watch an episode is they do like the inside the series or inside the show. And I always make sure to watch that just to get, you know, the director's standpoint and um, how the actors felt when they were filming it and the writing and... Um, oh, the writing is just phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's the most relatable I've ever like seen on a, t- on a television show, especially like dealing with like a family like that. But also a lot of people like my mom, she was like, it's just too much swearing. And I'm like, but it. But that's the reality. It is like that's how it yeah. is. And so I just love how how real it is and how, you know, relatable it is. Mm. And it's just so entertaining. And I was devastated when they said that it was going to be done. But again, it's like that thing, they've probably done it at the right point. Because if you go on, maybe then does it cross over a line where exactly. it's, kind of like, oh, it's lost its way or where they can go out on top, which is... It's it's you know, how you do it. And it. spoilers, sorry, guys, I'm sure everyone's already watched it by now. But like killing off Brian Cox, I was like, what? I, I almost fell off the couch. I was like having, I couldn't even, I didn't even understand what was happening. And then that was just so brilliant, too, by Jeremy to do that because... How would you kill him off? I mean, it's just crazy. But again, that's the best way to end the series to see how, you know, this whole thing that he built, this company, how the rise and the fall of it and with the children and all the other things. I mean, I think that was so smart. And then the twist at the end um, was very interesting. We had him on, I think, season three. We got about 25 minutes with him. And He's the um, best. Brian Cox is just, yeah, just this wonderful voice, wonderful personality. And um, we said to people, you know, do people ask you to tell them to fuck off? Yeah. And he was like, all the time. But he says, by the time I said it the third time, I mean it. And, yeah. he, did, and he went full into like Logan Roy with the eyes. He was like, fuck off. Like yeah. That. I was like, and I was giddy with all this excitement that Logan Roy was telling me to ever. If he off. did that to me, I'd, oh probably, I'd probably faint on the yeah. floor. Be like, please do it again. Um, no, yeah. I mean, that would that would be a great dream scenario. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Hi, Brian Cox. Somebody to fuck off. And then, I'll, and then I will fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> then you'll make my day. Thanks. <laughs> and also the fact that the actor are so different like you've got Kieran Culkin who's sort of so sort of he can he kind of go, goes off into his own thing whereas yeah. you've got Jeremy Strong who's very much he strikes me as quite a method he has to stay in that zone and yeah. can't quite that's quite interesting you know what's funny I was watching on on TikTok they had this page to I forget what they call it but basically you see the scene and then you can see the script and I watched I think it was the third episode where Logan dies but I was watching how closely they stick to the dialogue and it was very interesting to see what they add in and kind of make their own. I always like doing I that love it stuff, when you've got the but... split screen, right? So that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And... You see the scene, but then you've got the script underneath. And I'm reading, I'm reading, and then yeah. I'm listening, I'm like, ooh, you changed that, you changed that. But yeah, I mean, they're just brilliant actors. And also the best American accents ever. Like Sarah Snook, I literally did not know that she was She's an Australian. Australian. Yeah. And then Tom. Matthew, Mc, Mc, yes. Matthew McFadden. He's, yeah. I mean, his accent's amazing. I just, I couldn't believe it. It's so good. Yeah. 
What do you prefer like working with in that sense? Do you like it to be a little bit more open so you can put your own stamp on the script and kind of go off in a little direction or do you want it, are you quite sort of hard on the sort of it honestly it really depends on what you're shooting. Like for PLL we could not be one word off page. Like it had to be directly as they wrote it. Okay. Which was also sometimes hard because sometimes things come out and then you have to cut and start over. So yeah. that was very about the words on the on the page. But um I feel like when you do I mean, even with Wilderness, if we had any issues or anything or we wanted to change dialogue, we would be able to talk to so but it's just also the writer's preference but i find that in a lot of indie films i just filmed a movie in kentucky and the director had me and my co-star do the first take with no dialogue and just go through the scenes but he would film everything then the second take as scripted and mm. then the third scripted or whatever we wanted to do so that was really fun and that's amazing harmony was like that too with spring breakers that was the first time i actually like improved an entire film but again we rehearsed so many weeks before and we kind of knew the characters very well but having that freedom is really nice and you know there's things that will come out that you're like oh my god and you just think of something that's brilliant and it works and then you know people are kind of like wow that was that's pretty that cool. was cool and then a dialogue thing i need that I yeah can't fuck up it's great. yeah uh, Ashley, it's been lovely having you on the podcast. Thank, thank you so you much so for coming much. Out and coming to the studio as well. Amazing. Yeah, thank you. Uh, good luck with the series. Thank you so um, much. Yeah, keen to see the next four apps, see where it goes, and um, yeah, hope you'll chat soon. Thank you. Thank I'll be you. Ashley Benson on Plot Twist. Big thank you to her. I said beforehand there are those friends in life that can seemingly turn their hand to anything. And Ashley is one of those. And then she does that party trick just to show off. I mean, just something else. Quite incredible. I was almost a bit gobsmacked how good it was. Her life has been fascinating. I love that she's still got such energy and passion for her craft. Love talking about filmmaking. She loved talking about jazz. And... I think she probably needed that passion from a very young age because, you know, to get on a soap opera when she's very young, three episodes recorded a day, 80 pages of dialogue, only two takes for each scene. Not only is that a fantastic education, but my goodness, you need some passion to get through that. And I'm sure many actors can relate to the intensity of those sort of setups. I think getting onto Pretty Little Lies was to be expected as a plot twist in that it was such a life-changing moment. It's such a big show. But obviously the story behind that, being on a show that gets cancelled and then suddenly, within days, you're in Vancouver filming for this new show. It was quite an incredible turnaround. And it's been interesting hearing about how now, after that show, how she does select certain projects. She's got to feel connected to them. So with Wilderness, for example, she's reading the script. She was going through... A turbulent time herself and she could connect with the story so therefore she's putting herself into her performances really really interesting big big thank you again to ashley benson thoroughly enjoyed that her new series wilderness is available to watch on amazon prime if you want a show like pretty little liars there's euphoria which you can watch on now and on sky or if you want something a little bit lighter but still has a bit of bite there's a new series called the lovers go and check that out and next week, I'll be talking to British actor Richard Armitage about his new book. 
and uh, delving into plot twists from his life and career. Looking forward to that. And until then, ciao. Uh-oh.